You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I wanted to start off today by kind of just getting caught up to speed on the Carolina Panthers. Um, usually don't start this early, but I just kind of realized, I, you know, they're an uncommon opponent. They're, it's kind of a weird year. I mean, maybe at least back in the, the Cam days, you kind of just knew what was up with Carolina, right? There might be a couple little tweaks, like it's it's Carolina, but they're, you know, nine wins right now or eight wins or whatever. So you just you take those two bits of information, you kind of get a general idea. It's tough to know what's going on in Carolina these days. New coach, new quarterback, uh, no Keekly. I, I mean, unless you're specifically paying attention, you just you don't have any idea. So with that said, so... I guess we'll just start. The first thing that I wanted to point out, obviously, again, as I said, new coach, new team, new direction. Um, they are 4-9, and nine, which by itself gives you the impression that this is not a very good team, which is fair, but I don't think it fully gives you the perspective of just how bad things are. To start the season, the Panthers did lose their first two games. They lost to the Raiders 30-34, to very close game, lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, good team whatever, right? They play the Chargers and win 21-16. They play the Cardinals and win 31-21, and then they play the Falcons. Remember, early in the season, Falcons, elite offense, right? One of the best offenses in football. They beat them uh, 23-16. So they just won three in a row and are now 3-2 and under Matt Rule. The tone of things is Matt Rule is really turning this thing around early. Teddy Bridgewater seems like he could be the real deal. Then they play the Bears and lose 23-16. Pretty close. Then they play the Saints and lose 24-27. Remember, Saints are a good team. We barely lost. Then we play the Falcons, who they just just beat and lose 17-25. That one stings. Then they play the Chiefs, 33-31. They lose. Narrow miss, right? So close. Then they play Tampa and get blown out for the second time, 46-23. They play the Lions and win 20 to nothing, which is great, but then turn around and lose to the Vikings by one and lose to the Denver Broncos 32 to 27. So since their three-game winning streak, they are one and seven. The only team they beat is the Lions, and every time there's a glimmer of hope, there's a disaster. Every time there's a game in which we almost beat the Saints, we get blown out by the Falcons. We almost beat the Chiefs, we get blown out by the the Buccaneers. We blew out the Lions, we get beat by the Vikings. But we almost beat the Vikings, although we got beat by Denver, which is a terrible team. Every time you want to try to put a positive spin on it, they just crush your soul. Now, one of the biggest things to note here is that Christian McCaffrey has missed almost the entire year. Um, Clearly, if he had been playing, there would have been more wins. However, it's worth noting, he played three weeks. He played weeks one, two, and nine. They lost all three of those games. Now, I'm not saying they lost because of Christian McCaffrey, obviously, but even with him, they're 0-3. So, again, that kind of goes to not feeling super great about the direction of the team, or at least where they are right now, which we knew was dire. I've been saying about Carolina, this is a team that's on the bottom and working their way up. Right? I think they're better 
then they're doing things they shouldn't be able to do with as bad as their roster is, especially when you consider Christian McCaffrey isn't around. They're nowhere near a playoff caliber team, but you know, I've been saying it all year. I'm impressed with Carolina and Las Vegas. Now, Las Vegas is a couple years ahead of of uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm staring at his name. Ahead of the Carolina Panthers. Right? The Raiders were a real bad team, but I said I really like what Gruden's doing. They've got a bad roster, but if they continue to grow, they're going to be going places. They're 7 and 6, which isn't great, but they're getting better. And I think Carolina can go down that road, but the biggest concern for Carolina right now, one of the biggest positives for the Packers right now is the mentality. Because I'm not sure what the locker room is like, and that's supposed to be one of the things Matt Rule is pretty good at. But the fan base is thrown in the towel. They're done. They're 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 fed up. And you have to assume some of that is bleeding into the locker room. This is just they're 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 beat down. And you know, when you look at it and you say, obviously again, anybody can win any week, you never really know. This is a team that's definitely gotten close a couple times, right? Again, thirty one to thirty three against the Chiefs is impressive, but they lost. 24 to 27 against the Saints is pretty impressive, but they lost. Their actual wins have come against the Chargers, bad team, Cardinals, I would argue bad team, Falcons bad team, Detroit Lions bad team. So, not impossible they beat the Packers, but you know, again, they're they're just completely beat down. They have to go to Green Bay in the cold with no Christian McCaffrey. Having never beaten a good team this year, unless you think Cardinals are good, that's debatable, clearly. I've been using them as the butt of my examples for about a week straight now, and it's never failed me. So <laughs> you got an uphill battle if you're trying to convince me the Cardinals are a good team. But, I mean, they're, they're done. They're completely out of it. They've got three games left, two of which are against the Packers and the Saints. And to be fair, the third is Washington, which technically is a playoff team right now. In fact, they're a playoff team that's won four in a row. So you're probably not feeling great about that either. By the way, Ron Rivera is the coach, so he's probably got a couple little insights into that team and how they play and what they do well and what they don't do well. They're facing probably 0-3, if I had to guess. Washington, on the flip side, legitimately could win two of their next three. They've got Carolina, and after that they got Philly. I think they got the NFC East locked up. I did my... Uh, I've got my NFL draft videos coming out daily. I did my Carolina Panthers one, and somebody, uh, or no, the Washington one, somebody asked, is there a chance for us to get a top 10 pick? I don't think there's any chance Washington is not in the playoff. Don't want to go too far down that, that path, but just looking at what needs to happen, I just don't see it. An extra little kick in the teeth for the Panthers and Panthers fans in general to see Ron Rivera go from being 2-7 um, and seven to 6-7. and seven. <laughs> The other real big thing, and, and again, I, I kind of gauge these things based on the comment section of my YouTube channel, which does actually help me quite a bit. I've kind of been dancing around the Teddy thing, right, in terms of, I'm going to get you a quarterback, but maybe you guys like Teddy. I'm not sure. They hate Teddy Bridgewater. They are fed up, done, over it. I mean, Teddy's a nice guy. I thought they'd at least be nice to him. They want him gone so bad. I mean, I, as long as I draft them a quarterback, they're happy. You right, the comment sections, anybody, any of the top four quarterbacks, please and thank you. I don't care who it is. Get Teddy out of here. That's generally where it's at. And um, I don't know that I would necessarily disagree just based on what I'm seeing. I mean, he's still kind of the quarterback he always was. If you just look at the grades, 69.4, that's pretty par for the course for him. His, uh, you know, his, his most his biggest year in terms of when he played the most, 2015 with the Minnesota Vikings, his grade was about a 69. That's kind of Teddy in a nutshell. He's decent. I, I, you know, maybe he could thrive in a team like Chicago, 
know, kind of the exact same thing I said about Foles, so don't take my word on that. But sort of a game manager type, but that's the best you're going to get. And even that, I don't know that it's all that great. But right now, Teddy did cross the 3,000-yard mark, does have 70% of his passes completed, which is fairly high. Um, but 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions is not the greatest ratio in the world. Very similar to Aaron Rodgers um, in terms of, obviously, the pressure situation, meaning he's really bad when he's under pressure. The biggest difference, obvious, well, two big differences between Teddy Bridgewater and Aaron Rodgers, if I may be very obvious for a moment. Number one, he's nowhere near as good when there's no pressure. Number two, he's under pressure a lot more than Aaron Rodgers. About 30% of his passes come when he's under pressure. That's kind of crazy. Aaron Rodgers right now is at about 23%. Also, if we're being totally honest, Aaron Rodgers under pressure compared to Teddy Teddy Bridgewater while not under pressure are probably the the area in which they're most similar. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers went under pressure this year is a 67 overall grade. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has a 76 while not under pressure. So Teddy ain't it. Um, he's not the worst quarterback in the world, but he's not the guy. He has not gone two games this year without throwing an interception, although he does do a very good job of alternating. No picks, two picks, no picks, one pick, no pick, two pick, no pick, one pick, no pick, one, one, no pick. So there was one area where he threw back-to-back and then didn't throw a pick. But he's due. He didn't throw one last week. You know what that means. He's never gone two games without throwing an interception. He didn't throw a pick last week. Congratulations to Darnell Savage. You got yourself another pick. So that's sort of the general tone of this, right? It, It started off with a little bit of promise and then started to collapse, which, again, I'm bringing it up because I do see the parallels. kind of happened to the Raiders, right? I was bragging them up. They were doing real well, and then they just went and basically didn't win any games. Like, winless. Just horrible. The quarterback isn't what you'd hoped. I don't know that he's the biggest problem, but Carolina and the fans are beyond done with him. Christian McCaffrey hasn't been around. We lost Luke Keekley. We don't really have any good football players. I mean, just looking at PFF, the one guy that's in the 80s or higher on offense is their right tackle, Taylor Moten. Defensively, they do have three. Brian Burns, Julian Stanford, who doesn't count because he doesn't play, and Zach Kerr, the defensive tackle. So if we look at it and say there's two guys in the 80s, the next highest defensive player, you know what his grade is? 69. We drop from Brian Burns, 82.7. Yes, he is very good. Down to Corn Elder at 69.2. The defense has two good players. Everyone else is horrible. I'm talking terrible. Derek Brown, early first-round defensive tackle, garbage. So, again, I mean, we can get down into the specifics of how all that breaks down against the Packers or whatever in a later day, but it's just brutal right now. It's not the worst team in the world. You know, they're 19th in points on offense, 19th in yards on offense, 20th in points on defense, 21st in yards on defense. They're below average, but there's something about a good team being able to figure out how to win a game. As weird as that sounds, it's it's not just, I mean, okay, so you have the pieces, right? 19th and 20th, it's, it's again, it's not the worst in the world, but can you close it out? All right, 30 to 34 Raiders, you had the pieces, you couldn't close it out. 31-33 Kansas City, you had the pieces to win, you couldn't close it out. 27-32 Bronco, 27-28 Vikings, 24-27 Saints, 16-23 Bears. Those are all losses that were in the palm of your hand. And really, if you look at some of the better teams, a lot of them, they have one side of the ball that's really, really good. And that helps them to overcome things, right? Last year with the Packers, how many times did our defense step up and shut down a team from a, from having a comeback? The Steelers do the same thing this year. They're on a bit of a slide because the offense is real bad. 
But when you have that top tier thing, something, whether, I mean, it could just be a player. It could be a guy like Zadarius getting that critical third down sack when you need it. It can be Aaron Rodgers just using his sheer will to get us down the field. Or Pat Mahomes. Or TJ Watt. Or Drew Brees. Panthers just don't have that guy. They don't have a number one anything. They don't have a number, they don't have a top five anything as far as I know. They got a good tackle, which is nice, except for the fact that the other four guys aren't very good, so it's not going to keep your quarterback up. Taylor Moten can't block everybody. Robbie Anderson isn't bad, but he's not Devontae. It's hard for a wide receiver to will your team down the field. There's maybe two or three that can do it, and Robbie Anderson ain't one of them. So, again, I'm not saying it's impossible to lose this game. Of course it's not. Anything can happen. But this is a team that is not, it's, 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 it's not correct to just say they're bad. They're beaten and battered emotionally and mentally. So, again, that's just sort of a little bit of an intro of where they're at. More of that to come in the future. We're going to take a break right here. Make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, as well as Cheese and Packers. If you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. If you don't like that, there are some other options in the comment section. Um, also, if you are um, a YouTube user, Pack Daddy NFL is my YouTube channel. It is right now primarily NFL draft content. However, I have just paid for a thing and set some things up in motion so that I will be much more mobile and nimble on YouTube, meaning I don't need a bunch of equipment and editing software and everything else to put up YouTube uh, videos. So hopefully I'll be able to get out a little bit more content via um, Packers news, bigger NFL news, whatever, kind of wherever, whenever I am, get out information on there. So really trying to grow that. It is growing pretty rapidly. One of the other things that I added on there, it's not officially completed yet, but um, there are memberships on YouTube. So again, if, if all the things I listed are not your cup of tea, that is an option over there. Not right now, but it will be soon. I don't think, maybe it is, I don't know. It was approved, but I got a couple steps left. I got to do an intro video and all that stuff. But it's similar to Patreon, there's tiers and all that stuff, but um, it does come preloaded with some perks. Uh, if you sign up at the lowest tier, there's like custom emojis. And one of the cool things is they have badges, and depending on how long you've been a member, the badges go up, and I just use military badges because I thought that would be awesome. So you're going to have next to your name like an actual rank, <laughs> which is, I just think that's awesome. So it's pretty clear like how highly you rank on there and whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. So everybody that signs up is a private, and then um, after I think a month goes by, you get a corporal rank, then your staff sergeant, master sergeant. I mean, it's not actually in order because there's only like six of them, so you skip a couple ranks. Then Sergeant Major, and then the final one that I have is uh, Command Sergeant Major of the Army or something like that. I don't know. I wasn't in the military, so I don't know. But I thought that would be cool. Um, One of the other things it does, although I can't figure out how to make it work, but I will figure it out, is um, all these videos, at least the draft ones, are like I'm scheduled out through Saturday. It's going to be pre-access. Not for the bottom tier, but I think the mid-tier. Meaning when the video's done and it gets uploaded, you can watch it just right away. You don't have to wait till Monday for the for the first-round mock. The Detroit Lions mock is done, and it's ready for Sunday at noon. If you wanted to watch it today, you could go watch it today, because it's already up. We're just waiting for it. And then the final tier would be uh, actually being able to make picks for the team. And I'm actually planning on doing some Zoom mock drafts. So I'll probably do some of those for the Packers, just like for our group. But I also want to do that for the channel. So if you want to get in, be a GM, make a pick, that would be the final tier on there. Something to consider. I thought it was fun. I don't know. Check out Pack Daddy NFL. Give it a give it a thought. But we'll be right back in just a minute. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So today we are officially 53 days away from the Super Bowl. How crazy is that, man? I mean, stuff is just happening. We are eight days away from Christmas Eve, nine days away from Christmas, 16 days away from 2021, where everything just magically gets better. Coronavirus is gone. All your problems are gone. The world is healed. We meet once a week in the middle of the uh, town square to sing Kumbaya. 24 days away until the playoffs and 53 days away from the Super Bowl. So it's kind of rapid fire, man. We got stuff going on. I'm super excited about all of it. And right now the Packers reign supreme. Number one in the NFC, number one, I mean, first of all, or second, or whatever whatever number you feel like using, because it doesn't really matter, when was the last time the Packers claimed the North this early? I mean, every single year, it's always down to a battle, which is kind of cool, and I know there's some extenuating circumstances, but as I've been saying for the last several days now, it didn't have to be this way. This could have gone any one of several directions, not just from the standpoint of how bad 2020, uh, 2018 went. And what direction we could have gone from there. Not only do we owe Lafleur and Gutekunst and those guys a ton of credit for getting us where we are, but just how 2020 could have gone. I mean, the Lions and the potential they had with the team that they had. The Bears with the potential with Foles and all that stuff. The Vikings just being who the Vikings are. And the Packers with as many question marks. You know, is, is Aaron Rodgers going to get better or worse? You know, if, if, if everything stays the same, but the defense regresses, which it has, which I thought it might, we're in a lot of trouble. And we might not be first in the division, we might not be second in the division, we might not be third in the division. But instead, we're sitting here with the number one quarterback in the NFL. 
if things don't change dramatically, I don't. I I am dead serious. As much as it's a bit of a popularity contest, and Pat Mahomes is more popular, and the media is kind of a joke with that kind of stuff, I genuinely believe if things just continue as they are, Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP this year. We have the number one wide receiver in football. We have the number one tackle in football. We have the number one corner in football. Which, by the way, the most important positions in football with the exception of edge rusher, are all Green Bay Packers. You want to know why there's a chance the Packers win? How about that little tidbit of information? Most important position in football is quarterback. After that is probably edge rusher, then tackle, then corner. I don't really know after that, but wide receiver is pretty high. We have all of them except edge rusher, and, and we've got good pass rush that's getting better. So the potential for that to step up and just kind of run the table on it, even if it's not number one, if we could just get somebody up to being top ten worthy, I'm good with that. But even if we can't, you know how many other people can say that? Zero, because there's only one number one. What, what, what do the Chiefs have? Okay, so they got the quarterback, right? Let's just say he's maybe not number one, but we can call him number. It's 1A and 1B, right? What about Edge? Well, not really, but they do have Chris Jones, good pass rusher. What about Tackle? Well... Not really, but Eric Fisher, and, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz are both good. What about receiver? Well, they've got Tyreek Hill is definitely not number one, but Travis Kelsey, by far the best tight end in football. So it's a similar formula. There's the critical pieces, and even though, I mean, look at that. They've got a lot of really bad football players on this team, or mediocre ones. The Chiefs right now have seven players ranked in the 70s, two of which, by the way, don't really play. So we're talking one, two, three, four-ish players. I mean, they all have varying degrees of playing. I'll give him credit for seven good players on this offense of 38 players. On the defense, they have uh, three. Chris Jones, Derek Nadi, and Rashad Fenton. That's it. Not saying everybody else is bad. They're all decent in their own way. They all have maybe one thing they're good at, or they're good sometimes but somewhat inconsistent, which keeps the grades lower. But again, the point is, you don't have to have elite across the board. I think sometimes we all forget that. I forget that. Like, how are we ever going to thrive if we only have Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki? We got to have, like, pure dominance. It has to be Kenny Clark and uh, Mike Daniels back in 2018. Like, that level of defensive tackle play. Or 2017. What I don't know. How are we ever going to get by with the linebackers as we have them? We're never going to make it. Did you happen to know the Chiefs linebackers are pure garbage? Because they are. You don't have to be perfect. Tyron Matthew right now is graded out at a 64. Dorian, uh, Dor- Daniel Sorensen, 51.4. We have better safeties. How about cornerback? Charvarius Ward, 65. Rashad Breland, 62. Rashad Fenton, 70. There's their three corners, the three top corners. Kevin King, Chandon Sullivan, Jair Alexander are a better group. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Devontae is better than Tyreek. It's kind of it's kind of a lame little pep talk from the standpoint of I shouldn't have to do it but again it it, it just feels like and for some of you it, it's not this way at all but it's hard to get past again the media narrative that Kansas City is in a league of its own they're clearly the top team after that you got you know some middling Saints Packers but they've all got flaws dude the Chiefs have flaws and and to be honest what the Chiefs have in spades is isn't a perfect team by any stretch. Go back and look at the playoffs last year. They got annihilated twice, but came back and won. What they have is a will to succeed. They never quit. They have the firepower to come back from any deficit, and they've got that ability to close out games. They are the anti-Panthers. 
They always finish hard, they finish strong, and they find a way to close out games, but they are far from a perfect team. They almost lost to the Chargers week two in overtime. That's not great. Again, the Carolina Panthers almost took them out. Carolina Panthers can't beat anybody. In fact, the Panthers were beating. I mean, it was it was basically over, but again, they had that strong will to come back and, and, and thrive and survive. They almost lost again to the Raiders, 31-35. They almost lost to the Bucks, 24-27. I know almost doesn't count for anything, but the point is, again, this isn't a team that's winning 50-20 every week. 22-16 to the Broncos. The Broncos are terrible. They don't have an offense or a defense. The Chiefs scored 22 points on them. That's it. And then the Dolphins, 27-33. That's very close. One touchdown by the Dolphins, it's over. And that was another one. The Dolphins won. Chiefs came back and closed it out. They're not just dominating everybody. They're just very, very good at closing out games. They don't quit. They play four quarters, and they close it out. But if you can just find one of these teams that can stiffen up a defense to at least slow down the Chiefs so they can't come back from these massive deficits, it's over. And we're talking about Miami and Denver. I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh, if if they can get their offense going, has a defense that can slow this team down a little bit. I think Miami was actually the other way around. Miami almost caught up to them. But again, the the, the Packers are a team with the perfect formula. And the, and the best part about it, as we hem and haw about uh, Aaron Jones and there's news about him getting a new agent, he really, really wants to stay in Green Bay. And it sounds like the deal fell through and he wasn't accepting that. So he fired his agent, found another one and said, keep me in Green Bay. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't honestly think it should happen. Uh, as, as cold as that sounds, because the fact of the matter is, again, the formula for success is pretty clear, and the Packers have it. They've got the quarterback. I don't know how long that's going to last, but they've got him. We just locked up David Bakhtiari. We absolutely are going to pay Jair Alexander. We paid Kenny, not getting exactly the production we wanted, but whatever. If Rashawn can step up, whatever, you know, if we can get that pass rush back, that'd be great. And we've got Devontae, and I have a feeling he's going to be getting another big contract. I don't know exactly when, but the Packers know the recipe for success, and they're not going to get distracted by the shiny pieces of, of whatever, the shiny objects, the Aaron Joneses, the Corey Lindsleys, the Kevin Kings. You have your cornerstone pieces. These are the guys that are helping to get you where you are. Give them whatever they want to keep you in the running. The rest you can figure out as you go free agency in the draft, keep these things going, try to get as good a players as you can, otherwise adequate will do. That is the formula. And if we want to look super long-term, if Jordan Love can be a good quarterback, and as I've said, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers, but can he be Deshaun Watson? Can he be Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill, since going to Tennessee, has been an elite quarterback for two years in a row. His grade right now is a 90.2, which by the way, this is the greatest year of quarterback play in history. Ryan Tannehill is graded out as a 90.2. Nobody even mentions his name because he's the sixth highest graded quarterback in football right now. Well, passer. He's fifth overall. And I'll be honest, I feel bad for Pat Mahomes because this is the highest grade he's ever gotten. And you can understand from the standpoint of he deserves MVP. You don't understand because he's been the greatest quarterback for the last two years, 2018, 2019. He's playing better than those two years this year. And then Chiefs fans have to hear about Rodgers should be getting it, and they're like, what are you talking about? Because they don't know. They don't realize what's happening right now. Pat Mahomes is playing at a level that we've never seen ever. That's what Pat Mahomes is doing right now. He's playing at a level that we've never seen, and Aaron Rodgers is better. Fathom that one. But can he be Watson? Can he be Wilson? Can he be Tannehill? Can he be Brady? Can he be Josh Allen? Can he be Dak Prescott? 
Can he be a guy that thrives in this system? Maybe you don't care about that conversation right now, but the point is, again, the Packers have done a great job of securing those cornerstone pieces, and as much as you might not like trading up for a for a quarterback, they understand that formula. They understand that we have to make sure that these positions are locked up. Before I give two you-know-whats about our safety group, I want to know that we're locked up and secured at tackle, at quarterback, at, at pass rush, at cornerback. These are the critical positions. you got to have it. You have to have that. Not saying it's impossible to to win without it, but those are the key pieces. And the more of those that you can hit, the better you're going to be. And it's not a coincidence that when Aaron Rodgers has the best year of his career, Devontae has the best year of his career, Bakhtiari has the best year of his career, and Jair has the best year of his career, you get the Packers that are so dominant, they're miles ahead of everybody. That's not a coincidence. Despite the fact that Preston got worse, and Zedarius got worse, and, and Kenny got worse, and Amos took a step back, and we don't have any linebackers. And our offensive line is a mess. And Aaron Jones, to be honest, is, is not exactly what he was last year. He's fine. And we don't have maybe an elite number two wide receiver. Maybe, maybe we've got a decent one. Whatever. But the point, it doesn't matter. You don't need everything. You need to make sure the key pieces are doing well. And we've got the best key pieces in football. Take the critical positions and grade them out. And the Packers and the Chiefs are the only two teams that matter in the NFL right now. So... Anyways, I feel like I've been talking a lot more than I have, but it's a short episode. I know some of you get mad at me when I do that. My bad. I would like to keep going, but I am uh, three minutes over time. It is what it is. Um, try to remember, if you can, to get some questions in. I would have done that today, but uh, we'll do that tomorrow. I'll try to remember to make a post, but we'll do a Q&A tomorrow. It's always a good way to kind of get the gears turning on looking up a couple different stats and thoughts and things. I've got a couple already. But, um, again, no time today. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.